Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or I'm this is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. This is the extra episode for this week. And we've actually got quite a bit of uh, interesting concept car news. In addition to YouTuber MKBHD doing a very fascinating road trip. So Mercedes-Benz, oddly enough, now has a supposedly a car that can read your mind. It is a very concept looking car and apparently uses a headband that you put onto your head and it uses that to feel what you're thinking and react accordingly. Now, mm, I, uh, ooh. look, I can't even get my smart speaker to reply properly to me. I don't have a whole lot of faith in, um, a brain computer interface quite yet, but it is a very interesting looking, uh, concept. The car itself is very very concepty but we are seeing a we, we are seeing a first look at it we'll see how it goes down the road as far as seeing it in the actual roads it's going to be a very very long time it very much looks like a concept car like it does not look like you'd see it outside of like a movie theater like it's just like like the door panels are just like a giant bubble of glass the tires are just like bulbist out it's kind of hard to describe it almost looks like a gaming mouse with wheels but with glass on the front and the sides that's the best way i can describe it like it is not something that you're gonna see on the road anytime soon but mercedes-benz is also going forward and saying we are going to be going ahead and going all electric down the road saying they're going to lay out 40 billion euros, which is roughly equivalent to $47 or $47. Yeah, <laughs> no, 47 billion US dollars on their plan to go fully electric on every single vehicle. Now, this sounds fine, right? I mean, electric cars are the future after all, until you consider the following. Mercedes does not make just cars and SUVs. Mercedes also makes a large chunk of the over-the-world trucks in Europe. Here in the U.S., you actually know Mercedes-Benz semi-trucks as Freightliner. It's all under the, what is it, Dahmer? Daimler? It doesn't matter. Sort of. Name. So to see them try to do this kind of commitment, they want to go ahead and have a gas hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery electric version of every single vehicle by 2022. That is actually a very bold 
statement. Now, like I've I've talked like I've talked about how cities and other companies like, oh, we're gonna go all electric by 2030. No, you're not. You're an idiot if you try to make that kind of commitment. Because guess what? Nine years down the road, literally anything could happen. Look at how much the world completely and utterly changed in just one year. In just 2020. You are not going to be able to commit to a nine-year plan. There's no way. Don't even, don't even come to you with that. By the end of 2022, you've got, what, 15 months? Okay. You might be going somewhere. That could be something. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We will just have to wait and see. BMW, in addition, has a recyclable concept EV with a sort of strange crystal-like interface. And um, it is a uh, it, it is also a very concept-looking vehicle, and not in a good way. Like, we've got this light-up grill. It, it comes with a very, very short, stubby nose. The headlight looks ineffective. It, it, it's just... It doesn't... It, it looks like someone tried to futurize an old-school minivan and then shrink it afterwards. It's just not good in my opinion, but it's 100% recyclable. And the entire inside just has like this futuristic, like crystal sort of thing. Like it's super gimmicky and it's not gonna ever, ever, ever see the light of day. There's just no way this like weird Superman looking thing. This vehicle, however, is it, like I said, or I think I said, it is called the iVision Circular Concept EV. If you want to go ahead and take a look at it, it really does look like the interior, at least, looks like something out of, like, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. But the biggest thing about it is that, don't worry, the entire thing is 100% recyclable. To which I say, cool. Now, how do you drive it? In the end, the, the car must somehow be able to be driven. And I think for the most part, they just wanted the headlines recyclable car and then have something that's really eye-catching with this like crystal RGB sort of display sort of thing going here. Volkswagen also went ahead and said, hey, we have an urban EV and it will enter production by 2025. So honestly, that's kind of a whoop-de-doo sort of thing there. So pretty much more and more vehicles are starting to get into the electric space, which is good for those who are, who are very pro EV. And it's clearly the way that the future is going to be going. But... There is still one 
giant, massive elephant in the room when it comes to electric vehicles. And it's something that there's only one company that has actually managed to solve it. Do you know what that is? It's the infrastructure. Every single gasoline or hybrid vehicle out there or diesel vehicle out there, there is a massive infrastructure in every country to refuel that vehicle. How do you do it with an EV? You do it at home? You spend, you know, just shy of $1,000, hire an electrician, get a 240 line brought out to your garage. Maybe you get off lucky and someone already did the work for you in your current home. And then you just go ahead and plug it in only at home. But then if you have to go outside of its range, you're SOL. You need fast chargers out in the wild. And if there's one thing that has been proven by MKBHD's little YouTube video, and not little, the guy actually put a lot of effort into it, him and his team, it's that Tesla has figured out fast charging. The supercharger network of Tesla, you can basically, as long as there are enough in your area, you can plug in the car, handshake, charge it, and you're done. You know, unless you went ahead and had the audacity to have anyone but Tesla try to work on your vehicle. Then you might be SOL, and that's another topic for another day for the problems with Tesla. But you could, theoretically, with your Model 3 or your Model S, even a used Model S, that's like from way back first generation, you could go coast to coast with relatively no difficulty. Some of the stops might not be desirable since, you know, at most gas stations, unless it's a really bad one, you can always just fill up, go in, use the bathroom, grab something to drink. If it's like the ones that, that, that I go to on my, on my, not my road trips, but my routes with the truck, actually get a decent bite to eat. With a lot of the superchargers, you're at like a grocery store. That tends to be a bit more of a hassle. Not the worst thing in the world, but it can be a hassle. Some of these other ones are just out in the middle of nowhere. So for road tripping, it starts becoming a bit inconvenient. And now, once you try to get an electric vehicle that isn't Tesla's, now you have an even bigger issue. There are some massive handshake issues that have been seen, not just from MKBHD's crew, but many others of just not being able to charge 
a non-Tesla electric vehicle as efficiently. And then, of course, there's Tesla saying, hey, don't worry, any other electric vehicle can use our supercharging network and then never actually do anything about it. And considering the fact that Tesla also goes out of its way to not even let some of their own vehicles on their supercharging network. Yeah. Are we really surprised at all? So what do we do? For the most part, getting the vehicles out there is one thing, but they will not matter until the infrastructure is there. That is the biggest, most important hurdle. I think we need to see some of these bigger gas stations start being ready and being willing to upfit their current, some of their current gas stations with these fast charging DC chargers. And then on top of that, organizations like Electrify America and whatnot, they need, underline, need to get their act together. Because you know what's going to end up happening? If these sort of fast DC chargers aren't going to be working, you're going to end up finding electric vehicles having to carry around a gasoline generator to go ahead and charge the blasted thing because they're going to go ahead and get to a fast charger and find out, oh, hey, look, it doesn't work. Well, I guess I'll just go ahead and burn a couple gallons of gasoline to put some juice in the freaking car. And the reason I say the gas stations is just because they already have a lot of the essentials to a road trip already there. They have the parking spaces. They have the food. They have the drink. They have the bathrooms. They, a lot of them across the U.S., at least here, even have restaurants. They're already built to be a nice stopping point when on a trip. For local, of course, you're just going to charge at home. It's what's going to... It's what's going to happen. If you don't have the ability yet to charge at home, or you're just going to be using a 110, you're still going to want to know where there's a fast charger nearby because eventually with just a home 110 normal outlet, you're eventually going to use it more than you can charge it overnight with that one outlet. So say you use 30 miles, you're only able to put 10 back in with the 110. You're down 20 eventually you're going to run out. And I only roughly make up those numbers before anyone emails me, no, that's not accurate. I know that's not accurate, but that is the reality that electric vehicles face right now. Me and a coworker have actually been talking, hey, if we actually could afford it, and you could go ahead and get one of those incredible uh, Ford F-150s that are just massive bits of utility. Which one would you get? The hybrid one where you can go ahead and 
use the gasoline basically as a generator, pump out 7,000 watts of wherever the heck you need to out of the bed of the truck in case of emergency, in addition to all the other nice stuff in there. The flat working space, that tailgate with a step, and all that jazz. Or would you go with the Lightning, the all-electric one that has a lot of the same utility, a front trunk, still the ability to go ahead and tap into the battery using 110 and 220 outlets in the bed of the truck. Honestly, right now, with how many people are saying there are massive problems with the independent DC charging network, I'd go the hybrid one. I really would. It feels like we are trying to push EVs out before they're ready. And it's not that the vehicles aren't ready. The vehicles are. But the infrastructure for them is so, so far away. It's not even funny. And I want to stress that again and again and again. It's not that I don't have faith in the Ford Lightning. It's not that I don't have faith in the Mach-E. It's not that I don't have faith in whatever the heck GM is making after they smoked all of it. I don't have faith in... It's not that I don't have faith in what Mercedes-Benz is doing or BMW or... Okay, well, I don't have faith in BMW's crystal display, but I digress. You need to have the infrastructure in place. Need to, need to, need to, need to. No exceptions. And it needs to work perfectly. Because in the end, the competition that all these EVs are facing is Tesla. And they are five years ahead with how well their infrastructure is in place. Despite the fact that the man in charge of Tesla right now is a complete and utter idiot. No gauge cluster. Frickin' puts a yoke in a sedan. Goes ahead and decides, hey, you know what? Not only do you not need a speedometer right in front of you where it's always been and what every single driver in existence is used to, we're gonna go ahead and throw it off to the corner and also your turn stalks are gone. They're now buttons that you don't have tactile feel with. Oh, but it's the way of the future. Elon Musk knows. No, I don't think Elon Musk understands what muscle memory is and how when driving a vehicle, split second decisions are the difference between a safe drive and death. But it's okay because everything's now clean and minimalist. It's such a, sh like, honestly, if I was to go and get, like, you put a gun to my head and told me to get an EV right now, it would be one of the oldest Teslas I could get my hands on. It really would. It would be one of the first-gen Tesla Model S's. 
and then I just be ready to have that battery replaced. Because the newer ones are just getting dumber and dumber and dumber. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and tell you what the status is behind the scenes. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So, this is our first week after uh, being part of the Helium Radio Network. And um, I will be perfectly honest. We have seen no noticeable jump. Like, at all. Normally, when you sign on a, onto a new network, when it comes to podcasting, you see a jump in your metrics there is none it is within the margin of error so this pretty much tells me one thing well this actually tells me one of two things let me be specific either a my last episode was really really boring or b The way that Helium Radio Network is working is that they are going ahead and basically taking my content, re-uploading it, and not letting my own metric software let me get credit for broadcasting it on their network. Which, if that's the case, we have a problem. Because now they're just basically stealing my content, not letting me get credit for it, and thus not letting any of the ad revenue that normally broadcasts on my podcast, which currently the only sponsor is Anchor right now, which thanks to Anchor for, let, for letting me advertise for them and getting a little bit of kickback for that. I actually really do love their product too. But, I mean, hmm... It's not a good feeling. It's not. Basically means that whatever the heck is going to be going through their network. I get no credit for, and it's basically the equivalent of doing art for the exposure. And that's it. And there can be times when that's justified. But in this case, where the majority of the revenue from a podcast is done through ads, robbing that is scummy, to say the least. Now, as far as my... Now, you might be thinking there must be like some sort of dashboard or anything through Helium Radio that lets you see how well you're doing there and how they give you credit for that. Uh, so far, there isn't. They made all these promises about return on investment, ad revenue, and all that sort of jazz, but I have not seen anything. And in fact, the way they're going about it now is, in fact, 
basically hurting my numbers. It's not hurting them, so to say, but it's not, I'm, I'm not showing anything. Nothing. So we're going to go a couple of weeks just to make sure it's not a fluke. In the end, I mean, Eagle Eyes on Tech is, of course, done as free entertainment. In which the only return is the exposure of my other platforms and the ad revenue I make from the podcast, which nowadays is significantly less but there is no upkeep anymore. And that's one of the big things. Eagle Eyes on Tech, back when it was on Spreaker, I would make roughly 18 to $19 in ad revenue. But there were a lot of ads being played. Like a lot, a lot. Eagle Eyes on Tech only recently now got access to ads. Already we have $3 in ad revenue coming in, which isn't much, but considering on Spreaker, there was an upkeep of $20 a month, pretty much all the ad revenue got eaten up. Sometimes you make some money, sometimes you lose some money. In the end, it was just one giant wash. Already the $2 that's coming in right away that's in the black. And then, of course, doing this on the side, I hope this also evolves a bit more. Unfortunately, right now, um, Anchor said they were going to go ahead and offer additional payment options. Uh, so far, it's only been swipe the last post I got from them in regards to in regards to that is as follows you viewers can be able to subscribe to your podcast episodes on Google Podcasts since Google Podcasts also supports paid subscriptions they can also find instructions for Google Podcasts with regards to other payment providers and podcast availability outside the US these are features we're hoping to add down the road for information about paid subscription feature, you may visit the link. For the notice that you have received, it was received using different, e was it received using different email addresses? Uh, that last part there, um, I received three different emails saying that this was, a, a, that um, subscriptions were available on my podcast. But it was all under the same one. So basically it looks like on anchor.fm, a swipe which is just entering the credit card info just straight up is going to be the only option right now and if I want to go ahead and look at other options I'm going to actually have to go through things like Google Podcast like Apple Podcast and set up a link there, and then it's unfortunately going to make things very, very messy. Because instead of having everything go to one easy-to-manage ad revenue bank, which is what it was with Eagle Eyes on, which is what it was on Spreaker, 
with just ad revenue. Now it's going to be, hey, I have to go to Anchor to collect the monthly sub revenue there. I have to go to Google to collect the monthly sub revenue there. I have to go to Apple to collect the monthly sub revenue there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those, before I could withdraw them, they almost all have like a minimum threshold. Like Google's is normally a hundred dollars. Which basically means if I go ahead and launch subscription only uh, Eagle Eyes on Tech on Google Podcasts, because we're not a big podcasting platform where hundreds of people are going to go in on that, it means at the current rate it would take a year, if not more, to ever see a single dime of that. So that's where it stands right now. It's not looking good, but we're going to have to see how things go down the road. You know, maybe there'll be an option that opens up. Maybe we'll see Anchor allow things like PayPal and whatnot, because I rather would just have all the subscriptions be through Anchor.fm. I really would. That would just feel much, much better. But... That is what it is. So with that, I thank you for listening to this episode of, well, the subscription only episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. We're, we're still, I mean, this is only the second episode of it, right? So I'm gonna have to go out, out, of, out of my way to figure out exactly how we're gonna be doing all of this. But that's what's going on behind the scenes. I'm gonna try and look for other podcasting platforms to go ahead and put Eagle Eyes on Tech and the Early Bird Briefing on on a, on a bigger scale. So we'll just have to wait and see how things go. Take care, and I hope you have a great day.